What up, yo? It's Mark Shanup with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, episode number 104. And I'm... <laughs> That's right, excited for today's show. <laughs> uh, I love to discuss and debate strategies, especially with other analysts, uh, because there just isn't one that works best. Um, over the years, you learn and find out what works for you. And not all drafts are the same. And so from, you know, from one league to another, you just you might have to switch up your strategies. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Uh, we are still doing the hashtag knockout giveaway. So get in your entries for a signed Nick Chubb jersey at fantasyknockout.com. Um, I've also provided a link in the show notes. If you're wondering where you can follow the show, we're on Twitter at Fantasy Knockout. Instagram is at Fantasy underscore Knockout. And hashtag Dominate Your League. Make sure you, when you check out the gift giveaway, the Nick Chubb jersey, check out the draft cheat sheets. Uh, you don't want to miss out on those. Get those at the website as well. Let's talk some news. News with views. All right, we have some good news. So running back Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, he told his coach Mike Zimmer that he will report to training camp on time. He originally said that he wants a new contract and he was going to hold out. Well, with the new CBA, it's kind of difficult to do so now. So, you know, the teams, they can't forgive their uh, the fines anymore. So I think Dalvin has realized that he doesn't have any leverage on that. So... Um, I expect Vikings and him to come to a, a, a deal soon. If, if it's not this year, definitely next year for sure. Hopefully they can figure out something uh, this year, though. And then guard, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He's a guard out of Kansas City. He announced that he's opting out of the 2020 season. Uh, he's the first player to do so. And it it's said that he's a medical school graduate, and he's been working on the front lines of the COVID pandemic uh, up in Montreal, so I think he he feels convicted where he wants to continue helping and doing that versus actually playing, so he's going to go ahead and do that, so good for him, hats off to him, a lot of respect for you know sticking to where you feel convicted and where your heart is telling you to do. Alright, next is running back Todd Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons. He said he is open to sitting out of the season if the NFL doesn't come up with a proper COVID safety plan. It's not really structured right, is what he said. Um, his concern, I think, is the safety of like family members. Um, you know, I know the NFLPA is currently working on a plan, but you know, one would think that they've kind of figured it out weeks ago instead of still <laughs> still working on it. So um, maybe they have a great plan in place and they just haven't announced it yet. Uh, we will see, hopefully, very soon. And then last is quarterback Tua Tagovailoa out of Miami. He said he's ready to go. Uh, his recovery has been reported ahead of schedule, and I still think he doesn't see uh, the field till midseason uh, or even at all. Um, I do love this kid's talent. I am going to be super high on him once he starts playing. It's just when is the question. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Main event. All right, so let's talk about draft strategies. No, let's discuss draft philosophies instead. Um, it's not hard to draft an average fantasy team. 
If that's what you're looking for, then when you log on to your draft, just use the provided rankings and you'll have an average team. But you're not listening to this show because you want an average team. You want the best possible team. You want to hashtag dominate your league. Now, you're going to need to find your draft strategy, which requires insight, data analysis, and experience. But Mark, it's my first year playing, or I don't really know what I'm doing. Well then, let's get right into it. Uh, Most fantasy football champions, such as myself, (laughs) uh, won two leagues last year. Thank you. Toot toot. Uh, whether they know it or not, they use the same process for honing in their fantasy skills for draft day, which is draft philosophy, mock drafting, analyze drafts, and player research. And you can start anywhere in that process. So maybe you already have some assumptions of player values and strategy. Uh, fantastic. Then you can begin mock drafts. And I personally use the Draft Wizard, which is done by the Fantasy Pros. Um, I like their setup the best. Um, It is all computer animated. There's no um, uh, live lobby that you are waiting on other people to screw up your draft um, because nothing's more frustrating than if you use like the ESPN or Yahoo ones and you're in the lobby and it starts going and all of a sudden the, the last person drafts two quarterbacks with their first two picks. And then that really doesn't show you what a true um, mock draft is with the draft wizard. It analyzes the ADP and stuff like that. And so it gives you a different draft every single time. It's not just a going in a linear uh, ranking sheet or anything like that. You got to try it out. It, it To me, it's one of the better ones out there. So then you start your mock drafting. Then what you're going to do is you're going to analyze them to see how they went. And you're going to continue this process with what you learned. If you want, you can screenshot your mocks to me. And hit me up on social media. I can give you a grade and let you know where to improve. You know, there's a cycle of refining your draft philosophy by doing actual mocks, reviewing the results, researching the players, and using what you learn to adjust your philosophy. A draft philosophy is different from a specific strategy, such as like a zero running back strategy. The philosophy demonstrates that you hold certain values, but you aren't pre-committed to use any specific strategy. So basically, flexibility is the key. You never know what is going to happen during your draft, and all drafts are different. If you are dead set on like one specific strategy, you may leave value on the table during the draft by forcing a pick that you shouldn't have done. Uh, despite that, we need to start by reviewing different strategies so that we have a framework for discussing player values. Okay, So value-based drafting is the first one up. It's VBD. Um, it's an old school concept created by Joe Bryant, um, who's at the football guys. The summary of VBD is rank players according to the points they score above a player's baseline at their position instead of their actual total points. I know that's a lot. (laughs) For example, uh, quarterbacks, they score a lot of points, right? But all quarterbacks score a lot of points. Therefore, the top quarterbacks have a lower VBD value than like running backs or wide receivers. Um, so I'm going to break it down here. So let's use it like a 10-team league, right? Normal positions, one quarterback, two running backs, two, two receivers, and a flex. So if you take the very top quarterback, his total points for the year is like 300, right? We're going to do easy math. Then you take like the 10th ranked quarterback, his total points of the year is about 270 points. 
So that's a difference of 30 points. You guys following? Then you take the top running back and say his total points for the year is 250. Then you take the 25th ranked running back. Why? Because there are 10 teams and you have two running backs. And that gives you about that 25th running back spot with the flex. So his total points are 150. So that's a difference of 100 points. Now, if you compare the difference between the quarterback and the running back, that's 70 points, which is a lot. How do you make up this diff- this difference in this point differential? By drafting your quarterback later. Some version of value-based drafting is at the core of all draft strategies, right? The main problem with drafting strictly by VBD is that nearly everyone kind of already does this or they already know about it. Therefore, you really don't have this advantage anymore. Um, it's been around for over 20 years. So if you don't go above and beyond VBD, you're not going to be able to beat your competition. All right, let's talk about the late round strategy. I am an advocate for this one. I like this one a lot. Um, I've already mentioned it. So back in 2012, the first round of fantasy drafts contained four quarterbacks. Okay, Every year since then, there have been zero or one quarterback in the first round of most leagues. The change was due to a large number of NFL quarterbacks becoming fantasy relevant. This philosophy is highlighted by the late round quarterback trend popularized by J.J. Zacharyson. If there are about 12 quarterbacks who are all putting up solid fantasy stats, then every team in the league has a good quarterback. The difference between the best and the worst starting fantasy quarterback is not as big as one would may think. You're able to wait a longer time and still have a solid quarterback in your draft, and you get more value out of your running backs and receivers. So if you take Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes at the top of your draft, that's like drafting a sports car. You may have that sexy, great-looking quarterback, but if you wait and take like a Prius that gets a solid MPG, you know, miles per gallon, like a Tom Brady, yeah, it's not very sexy. Frankly, it's ugly. Well, Tom's not that bad looking, but but it's he's going to get the job done, right? Plus, what happens if you get in an accident, like an injury, and you have to get a new quarterback? How do you replace the value of your sports car? You're going to have to either trade away one of your top players to get another top quarterback. But now if you had the Prius, you can just find an easy replacement car like on the waivers, probably like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. So... Another strategy is zero running back, which I'm not a big fan of, but uh, another trend that I see going on a lot this year is called the one stud running back. Zero running back is a strategy of not drafting a running back in the early rounds, instead drafting many of them late in the later rounds. So taken to its extreme, it can be kind of risky. Um, Yes, you'll end up with a stud, bunch of stud wide receivers. But you're gambling on several high-risk running backs later in the draft. Also keep in mind that zero running back is also much more and successful strategy in full-point PPR leagues rather than standard or uh, non-PPR leagues. So the one stud running back, I think you guys can kind of figure it out where with your first pick, you take a stud running back. So like if if you have the first overall pick, you take Christian McCaffrey this year. And then after that, you load up on receivers and a tight end. You know, maybe you take uh, Kelsey or Kittle with your second or third pick, and you go a stud receiver, and you just have four or five receivers. And then after that, you load up with these 
high upside running backs uh, later in the draft, such as like a Latavius Murray. Uh, it, Alexander Madison was one before Tony Pollard. So if something happens to these other running backs, these guys can fill in and do good enough and you maximize on your receivers, right? Well, what I do is kind of a hybrid. I call it a hybrid. So my personal strategy is to take like an accumulation of all these strategies from an overarching philosophy that is a hybrid of them all, right? So for example, I'm a firm believer in the late round, so I'm going to practice that. But if I find value in uh, in my draft where Pat Mahomes somehow slips to the fourth round, I will draft him in the fourth round. If I see Lamar Jackson slipping into the late third, I will take Lamar Jackson. I'm not opposed to taking a stud quarterback. It's just I want to make sure I get him in a proper value drafting spot. Next is draft position. So nothing impacts your draft more than the draft spot you pick from. Um, This is another reason why you need to be flexible, especially if you don't know your draft spot until just minutes before your draft starts. Uh, To be fully prepared, you should be doing mock drafts from many different positions. So either like the you know, the beginning of the draft, first, second, third spots, middle of the draft, that five, six, seven, or even the end where you do that nine, 10, 11, 12. Personally, I don't like being at the end of the round. So I don't like the first or the 12th spot. Um, I just don't like the bookends. Um, too many players get taken in between my picks and I actually have to tend to reach on certain players, uh, knowing that they won't be going there and so it makes it harder to draft in my opinion Uh, you can't really track uh, position runs so if you see a trend of receivers about to go off you can't uh, it's harder to adjust for that so I personally like being in the middle somewhere in that uh, fourth fifth sixth spot where I can tend to spot trends better and then also I can tell when to take certain players and positions say it's like the beginning of the fourth round so it's coming down and I can tell the players behind me have already taken quarterbacks or something like that then I know I can wait in my fourth round on not taking quarterback I can stack a quarterback in the fifth round because all the guys behind me already have theirs so you can kind of use that to an advantage there and then next is league settings lastly you must know your league settings well in advance of your draft day make sure your commissioner goes over this with everybody because you don't want these hidden rule changes mid-year where you didn't know so be prepared look over your settings make sure you know is it a full ppr is it half ppr is it non-ppr because that all matters in your draft um are you starting just one quarterback or is it a super flex where you can start two quarterbacks and then that drafting strategy changes where you will take quarterbacks a lot higher um how many flex positions are there is there two or three of them where you need more running backs and receivers Is there player bonuses? Like if a quarterback passes for more than 300 yards in a game, they get another five points. Um, You need to know these things, so make sure you look over your league settings and adjust your strategy appropriately. And then finally, you need to be aware of the pros and cons of every strategy and try them out by mock drafting. Generate your own strategy. Find what your tendencies are. Remember to be flexible, right? Do not lock in on a specific strategy like saying, uh, you know, going into your draft, I'm going to go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. And that's never good because what if 
There's a bunch of stud wide receivers in the second round, and you can find value there. Or let's say a running back slips to you in the third round where you didn't think you were going to take one there, and an amazing running back is there and available. Then you take the value, okay? So that's what I'm saying is by being flexible, is take the value, let things kind of fall to you, don't overreach, don't um, go out of your safety zone. So you also need to practice enough to build your own gut feeling so that when you stick, so that you can stick with it. Um, a lot of this is experience. More, you know, the more experience of you do with drafts, the more you will familiarize with how to do these. You'll spot trends and you'll be more comfortable when it actually comes time for your specific draft. So we got to practice plenty. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Uh, the next show we have is a mock draft, so we're going to put what we learned to the test. And make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Leave a rating and review. Also, don't forget to enter to win a signed Nick Chubb jersey at fantasyknockout.com. Hashtag knockout giveaway. All right. Till next time. See ya. See ya.